Hello. Thank you for listening to the sermon from our Revive service. We hope it helps you learn more about God and allows you to grow closer to Him and in your faith. Help me welcome Andrew Postema as he comes and shares with us this morning. Thank you, brother. It's great to be here with the West Hill family. Always a blessing for our family to be with you. We're going to share a little bit of a family update, family report, also ministry update and report. First, we're going to look at the Word of God. So turn with me to Romans chapter 2, please. Romans chapter 2, because everybody needs a little gospel sometimes, right? Right? All right, well, I guess I still have to preach. Jump ahead one more slide to a picture of what you, the view that you will see if you come to Bucharest and visit our family in our apartment. We live on the west side of a major city, and we live on the 12th floor of a block apartment. There's about a thousand apartments in our complex that covers maybe four acres, maybe four, maybe five acres of land. So there's a lot of people there, and we're on the top floor because we felt like just getting up above the noise of the city and having a view would be good for us at times. And that's true. And if you stand on our balcony, this is the view that you'll see. We can look to the west and we can see the sunset. And we can look to the north and we can see the mountains that are north of Romania, of Bucharest. The Transylvanian Alps, believe it or not, Transylvania is a real place. If you come visit us, you can visit Transylvania. It's not fiction. Um, and we love to look out to the West and ask ourselves what the weather is going to be like when it hits us. Is that storm going to hit us? And in this picture, we, we can't see the mountains all the time. It has to be a really clear day. And often to the far, the far side, you can just see the silhouette of the mountains. And you can see the sunlight coming through. And you can see that there are some major storms happening as well. Someone is going through a storm. And we stand there and we look at it and say, is that storm going to hit me? Is that going to hit us? Are we ready for a storm? And I think this picture kind of symbolizes what the past year has been like for many of us in life. There's a storm out there. Is it going to hit me? Am I going to be in the sunshine? Is the, is the sunlight going to shine right through the clouds? Or am I going to be the one who's battered when the storm comes? And we don't know sometimes what we're going to expect. But what I believe is that we need the gospel every day. Paul wrote the book of Romans to believers who were in, in Rome. And in this book... He says to them in chapter 1, verse 16, a verse that many of you probably know, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Right? Paul doesn't say it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believed. Past tense. Everyone who has believed. At one time you needed the gospel, right? Those who never heard it before need it, and then after you believe... You're good. No, Paul says it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who is believing. 
So we need the gospel, even if we've trusted in Jesus Christ to save us from our sins. And Paul goes on in this chapter, and he writes to these believers, and he says, I can't wait to be with you, because when I'm with you, I will be encouraged as you talk about your faith. Can you imagine Paul writing a letter to West Hill Baptist Church and saying, Pastor Aaron, church family, I can't wait to get to West Hill. The Apostle Paul, who wrote quite a bit of the Bible, he writes to you and he says, I can't wait to hear about your faith in our Savior Jesus Christ. Because when you talk to me about who Jesus Christ is to you, I will be edified, I will be encouraged, I will be blessed. Paul writes this to these believers as we interact with the gospel, with one another, we edify one another. And I'm no Paul, but I know it's true because I sat here and we sang gospel together. And it edified me and it encouraged me. Not just in this moment, but it will be a sustaining encouragement to me that this church is proclaiming the gospel. And trust me, your missionaries need to know that this church is proclaiming the gospel. And when it's hard to have faith, we can listen to other people proclaim it and know that they are experiencing faith and it blesses us. So Paul is on track when, he's, when he says we all need the gospel. And I just want to share three gospel truths that give us hope in uncertain times because if anything, these are uncertain times. Paul says in chapter 2, verse 16, my Nasby says this, On the day when, according to my gospel, God will judge the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. On the day, or he could say one day, God will judge the secrets of men through Jesus Christ. The first truth of the gospel is this, that God's schedule is inevitable. God's schedule is certain. I don't know about your calendar from 2020. Mine had a whole lot of things marked on it, a lot of plans that were made and a lot of things that got crossed off. And I got my 2021 calendar out and I said to myself, do I write with a pencil or do I write with a pen? Do I need to keep an eraser handy? That way it doesn't look like a kindergartner went through and scribbled on all of my plans. God's redemptive plan is inevitable, and that should give us certainty. That one day, broken as this world is, all things will be made right. One day, God will make it right. And that is certain. It is true. When, when Paul uses this one day, He's referring back to earlier in the chapter when he said, God is righteous, God is just, and one day there will be a day of judgment because that day must happen in order to uphold the righteousness of who God is. God is perfect. He's morally pure. And like a good judge, he can't just let us off the hook if we fall less than perfection. So Paul says, one day, a day of judgment is coming. And that might make us nervous. 
And if that makes you squirm, just wait till you see this next point. Human secrets are irrational. Human secrets are irrational. It doesn't make any sense to keep secrets before a God who is all-powerful, all-seeing, and all-knowing. He knows each and every one of us, but Paul says one day God will judge the secrets of men. Those things that we don't want to talk about, those times when we have a lapse of faith or a lapse of judgment or a rebellion against who God is and against what he's asked us to do, we think we can keep up a facade. That's a Romanian word. If you want to learn Romanian, one of the first words you can learn is facade, fatsada. You want to keep the appearance up. And sometimes we come to church and that's what we do. God sees right through us. He sees to our hearts. He sees to our minds. And he sees our souls. And he knows what we know, that if this world is broken, then it's probably a little bit that I'm broken too. And the good news is, point three, our Savior, Jesus Christ, is our intermediator. Jesus Christ is the one who stands between God who is righteous and must judge sin and has wrath towards sin, and we who have secrets to hide. Jesus Christ stands in the middle, and he went to the cross in our place so that by putting our faith in him, we can have life. And we can know that the judgment we deserved was taken by him, and the life, the goodness, the eternal full life that we don't deserve can be given to us as a gift. This is the gospel. This is why it's good that our God sees our secrets because only a God who knows us fully and knows who we are can redeem us fully, can heal us, can restore us, to make us what he wants us to be. And that is hope for the gospel. God's schedule is inevitable. And our secrets are irrational. But Jesus Christ is our perfect intermediary. And so, what? Trust and faith that whatever happens today, I can have hope. Whatever the storm might bring or the sunshine might bring. Sometimes we sing the gospel to one another through tears. And sometimes we, see, we sing it to one another through smiles. And there's a mix of those who are having a great week and those who are having a not good week. And together we can have hope. And that is my prayer and my encouragement for you, that you have faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And one more thing, urgency. An urgency to act. One day, and we don't know the day, Jesus will come to judge and we must each ask ourselves if we're ready to stand before him on that day. And we must be prepared to answer the master who comes and says, what did you do with the talents I gave you? We must have a sense of urgency. I'm going to have Rose come and share just a little bit that I think will encourage us all to be responsive to the gospel promptings that God puts in each one of our lives. Coming up, Rose. Hi, everyone. 
I'm Rose. I'm the middle child of the Postuma family, and I'm 19 years old. Uh, about six years ago, my family visited this church, and I had the opportunity to share a testimony. And after that, one of the members of this church um, blessed me in a huge way. Um, by giving me a guitar, and little did I know how much that would change my life, because after that, I went back to Romania, and I started playing in my youth group worship team, which led to playing in camps, which led to playing at conferences, leading worship, being part of so much, and blessing other people, and now, I am going to college at Moody Bible Institute as a music major, and it all started here because one of your church members blessed me a lot. So, what I'm trying to say is thank you, and that blessing continues and it was a huge thing in my life that's it <laughs> thank you rose so whatever the gospel whatever the holy spirit is prompting you to do today recognize a sense of urgency that the days are short, and one day we will be judged, we'll stand before God, and he will be pleased with us if in us he sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ because we've placed our faith in him, and he'll be pleased when he sees faithfulness to the promptings that he gives to each one of us, and that's the gospel. We are partnered together to share the good news of who Jesus Christ is, both here at West Hill and in this neighborhood and in this community and in Romania. And we want to share a little bit about the work that God has been doing there. Uh, first, a little bit of a family update. Leah is going to come in order to fill in the blanks. You've already seen and heard from Rose, uh, but we have two other wonderful children as well. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, no, I was coming. Um, so, update you. on the kids. <laughs> um, obviously, Grace is at home. She did two years in, at Moody Bible Institute and took a semester off to work and pay down her debt. But, as God would see fit, in the meantime, she met a boy. And um, they are actually scheduled to get married in April now. So, that wasn't really on our furlough plans, but, you know, God has his own timeline. And uh, so, we're looking forward to a wedding um, on four, three, two, one. So the countdown has begun, and um, we're really excited about um, about this for Grace and Riley. Um, Rose, as she said, is at school at Moody. Uh, she returns this Friday, so be praying for her as she returns and gets back into the schedule of working and going to classes. Um, it's a really 
difficult program that she's in, the music program there, and so please be praising for her as she grows and develops in her talents uh, that the Lord has given to her. Wayne has enjoyed being here um, in the United States where there is access to all sorts of tools and just manly things to do, such as repairing small engines. I mean, he even worked on Aaron's snowblower yesterday. So um, he is just enjoying that. Our garage is completely full of repairable things, and um, he's, he's excelling at that, actually, and doing a great, a great job with it. Um, one of the aspects of our ministry in Romania that um, we want to touch on is our involvement in our local church. Um, we have been involved in our local church to the extent that uh, we do camp ministry with them alongside in partnership with them. But as we became members uh, there this last year, because all three of our kids had been baptized and had joined the church, we thought, well, we probably should too. Um, we engaged in the ministry of helping them to understand how to support their missionaries. Um, our church in Bucharest is, a, is an old church. They've been in existence for more than 70 years or more, I don't know. Um, and they have sent out five missionaries in the course of that time. Um, some of them have been on the field for 20 plus years. Um, and it's amazing because our church has never paid them. Um, so I'm not exactly sure how they stayed on the field, but um, we have encouraged our church through a course of uh, pastoral change and then just seeing um, individuals come to understand a little bit more about missionaries through our own lives um, and encouraging them to understand how to better support their own missionaries. One of those things being to pay them. Um, the other thing being to know how to pray for their missionaries and um, reading their prayer letters because these people have been sending out stuff but our church hasn't been engaging it. And so Andrew and I, um, along with our pastor and a couple of individuals have started a missions committee for the first time in the course of this church's history and um, are engaging these missionaries. We have missionaries in Peru and Bolivia, um, Moldova, which is right next to Romania, um, the Middle East, currently a single lady is there, um, it's quite dangerous, and a lady in Greece um, doing refugee work. And so the, the, these people have vast ministries and they're doing great works, and we are really excited to help our church to understand how better, through the eyes of ourselves, to communicate with our missionaries, to support them, and to be an encouragement to them, not just financially, but in visits and in prayer. Um, nobody from our church has ever visited one of our missionaries. Um, so if not for COVID, Andrew and our pastor would have gone to South, South America, to Peru and Bolivia this past April, just to visit our missionaries for the first time. Um, so please be in prayer uh, for our missionaries and um, for us as we continue to help the church in whatever way that God has for us to help them. Okay, thank oh, you. you don't need thank you, Leah, and thank you, West Hill, because we know what it feels like to be cared for by a church, and we're helping our church in Bucharest to, to be better and better at that. Our primary ministry in Romania is through camping. So we lead Christian camps for kids. Here's a picture of kids at camp, one of the facilities that we've rented year after year after year. And we help kids understand that when they pray, God can hear them. 
we help our counselors to understand that their job is to show Christ's love in a personal way to children. We also do camps with teenagers. Here we are in the mountains with some uh, teenagers on a hike in the Transylvanian Alps. And we help teenagers understand that they can read God's word and understand it for themselves. Those are two important realities because in Romanian culture, most people consider themselves Christian because they were baptized into an Orthodox church when they were a child, when they were a baby. But what they don't know is that when they pray, God can hear them. They can use whatever words might come to their mind. They don't have to go through a priest. They don't have to know the written, recited prayers. They can just talk to God. And they can read his word, and it makes sense to them if they just try to understand it. You don't have to be a priest to read God's word. You don't have to have the priest explain it to, us, to you. So those are two big realities. Of course, you can't have camps unless you have counselors at camp. So the other major focus of what we do is leadership training. Here's some counselors who are with us at camp for kids a couple summers ago before things got canceled because of COVID. We, every Tuesday morning when we gathered together for prayer, we explained to our counselors that when your campers see Christ's love in you, they'll be prepared to see and understand his love and trust him to be their savior. We also work with the leaders of the leaders. Uh, we, so we do counselor trainings. Here's a picture of us doing some training. Every spring, usually we schedule our weekends to go to churches and do training, or we gather those who will be with us at camp, and we prepare them for what camp is going to involve. We haven't, up until now, had the space the money, the facility to do extended counselor training. So it happens on weekends. And we also work with the leaders of leaders. If you've been in a camp setting, you know that sometimes you need those who lead everything up front. And we call them program directors. And they are the ones who have been campers, many of them. They've been counselors. And now they find out what it's like to lead their peers and to lead large groups of people. So those are the camps that we do when there's anywhere from 50 to 80 campers and, and 40 to 60 staff members who are working together to make a week of camp happen. And of course, we're presenting God's word on a daily basis in chapel, through devotional time, and through personal interaction. And we're seeing campers respond to the gospel message. Our purpose is to guide campers to moments where they encounter their creator God and respond to him. We can't control that response, but we can guide them to that moment where they meet with him and see him for who he is and choose to respond. So, of course, we have a lot of campers make decisions for salvation, many for baptism. Our children were influenced in their decision for baptism by being at camp and, of course, for Christian service. But what I want to focus on a little bit is a different style of camping that we have been doing and will be prepared to do, even if there are restrictions because of COVID. And that is camping that's backpacking every day with a smaller group based on the property that God has given us in uh, Romania, just north of Bucharest. Here's a group of uh, students who are in eighth grade going into ninth grade. And 
they're out every day on a day trip into the mountains or down to the river to wash up because with those students, sometimes that's necessary. We had a week that was intense, literally. And every morning after breakfast, they would, uh, I would drive them about 10 or 15 minutes and they would be at a trailhead where they would spend the day in creation. They'd carry their water, they'd carry their backpack, they'd carry their emergency supplies. But it wasn't like trekking for miles and miles and miles. It was perfect for this age group. And then we would come back to the property every evening. And here's a picture of them at the cooking fire, uh, which was separate from the evening campfire that was by the tents. This is the cooking fire where they kind of had some interaction with preparing their own food over a fire. For the most part, um, Leah helped and took over the food to make sure that they were well nourished. Uh, and then at the end of the day, uh, talking about what the day had involved, what God had done, um, to bring the reality of his word into their lives through that experience. Our dining hall was kind of out in the open. Uh, here's a breakfast that's happening. And we were even able to have birthday cake for one person who had a birthday. And it was a wonderful beautiful time in God's creation. As you look at this video that's going to be next, we're going to switch over and I'm going to show you a glimpse of what, what camp is like and the idea that when you're surrounded by God's beautiful creation and you recognize him as a creator, it becomes easier to believe that he could create something beautiful out of the mess of broken lives, the lives that need to be repaired. When you look at this video, everything, uh, if, if there's a campfire or a tent, if there's uh, what looks like prepared food, then that's happening at the land that God has given us. And if it's happening next to a waterfall or a mountaintop, it's on a day hike. But I just want to give you a sense for the scenery that you will see the next time that you come to Romania and see what God is doing here. So go ahead, play the video, please. Come every crash way 
Cu plăcut tare mult am fost toți uniți, nimeni nu a fost să fie retras. Să mă amintesc timpul de devoționat. A fost frumos că am putut să ne ajutăm unii pe alții. Am plăcut timpurile în cădere, când doar mă întâmplăteam. Și nu era sus, nu era doar doar. Deci am văzut închide și... Mi-a fost foarte mult că am reușit să ne deschidem toți față de alții, de unii față de alții și nu ne-a ajuns de ca niciodată după felul în care suntem sau felul în care ne suntem. Mi-a făcut să vă vizite, nu? God has blessed us with a piece of property, and this church family has prayed and given generously to help make that happen. So we have 22 acres of land in the mountains just outside of Bucharest. It's about two-hour drive, two and a half hours, depending on how things go. From where we live is where we find this property. It's a beautiful piece of land with a view towards the mountains. And we used to call this project the Romania Ministry Center. That didn't translate well into Romanian, and there's only one pine tree on the property, so this old logo had to go. That pine tree is the one that was our Christmas tree that we replanted there. So um, we got a new name, and we got a new look, and what the ministry is called now is Pact Romania, because Pact means the same in English as it does in Romanian. Pact means peace and promise, and Pact means that good relationship has been formed. And that's what we're there for, to be a place where people can form good relationships and see promises made to them and, and see them willing to make promises and to have peace in their life. So Pact Romania is what we're called now. And that is an acronym for the place where we find ourselves, which in Romanian is Poiana Argeșului, Conferințe și Tabere, which is kind of like pastures in Argesh for camping and training. So it kind of works in an acronym, both in English and Romanian. So that, when you see that, that represents the ministry God has called us to. Uh, this piece of property that we were able to purchase, many of you are familiar with it. We went back 
after our last visit here, we went back and had an idea of where we wanted to put things. We worked with a Romanian architect to create a master plan and to submit requests to the government for that plan and for rezoning the land and enabling us to move forward. So please pray with us that we would get all the approvals and permits that we need. We were talking last night about the property and... Um, Someone joked, Pastor Aaron, well, it's a good thing you guys don't have the EPA over there, right? And I'm like, no, we have it worse. We've got the, the EPA plus. Um, if you think bureaucracy is fun in America, you should come to Romania and work with the departments that we get to work with. Really, they're very good people, and we're glad to be there working with them. We appreciate their cooperation. So please be in prayer with us for those permits that we need because one of the things that we want to do is to build a reception building when we get there. Cleaning up in the river, cooking over a fire, that works for a lot of people, but some people just aren't going to come to camp if they don't have a flushable toilet, right? You saw me in that video kind of talking to a group of people young people who had never been in the, in the woods before, right? And you think that I'm like teaching or proclaiming some good news, right? I'm actually explaining how to take care of business in the woods. Like, that's the details that I'm giving. So, so we need to move forward with a place that has showers and flush toilets and a kitchen that can prepare food. So this building is what uh, we are looking forward to. It's going to have restrooms and showers for men, ladies, a cooking area. Upstairs, there's going to be a couple uh, bedrooms, and we're anticipating that to be able to house 12 people for retreats and winter and all-season activities. And then in the summer, we can th continue doing tent camping, um, but just we'll do it a whole lot better. So Pray with us for that. We have a need for that building. The budget on that is $110,000. When we came to the States, that will, that's what we we're trying to raise to build this. And praise God, at this point, that need is about $60,000 because of the generosity of God's people. So I know this church has been very generous in giving towards um, Skyview and helping to see that happen Thank you for your commitment to Christian camping and the, and the generosity that you're doing uh, and you're a part of, you have been a part of in Romania and you have been a part of in here, here in Ohio as well. Until we build that building, we'll just keep being faithful at what God has given us and we'll keep doing uh, camps on the scale that we are able to. Another project that I want to tell you about um, has to do with how we can maintain the property that God has given us, how we can be caretakers, and how uh, we can expand and build better. Uh, the property is very undeveloped. Here's a crew of guys who are working with not the majority of, but a lot of the equipment that we have on site. Like, it all fits in our van. Like, some shovels, we got a weed whip, we have some basic, basic things up until now. When we go back, uh, we anticipate having a person at the property all the time and being able to, to start developing more and more. Because someone is there, the items will be safe. But we're going to send over a shipping container. We have some experience with this because about 14 years ago, 
we packed everything up and put it in our garage in a very orderly way so that when a truck came, we could just find some strong individuals who would pack it in and make everything fit. And when that happened, it was just a little bit of puzzling everything in so that our entire life and prosperity could fit in a 20-foot container, right? Well, what we're going to do now, our one of our sending churches, First Baptist Church of Lowell, Michigan, is going to buy a container and ship it over. And what we are enabling God's people to do is be a part of packing that container by sending over the items that we need. We made a big, long list. It works like a gift registry, like for a wedding or a shower. We made a list of all the things that we need. And if you go to the First Baptist Church of Lowell, Michigan website, you'll find this project, and you can just pick the items that you want. There's everything from step ladders to sleeping bags uh, tractors to everything in between that we will use both to furnish the building and to get it built. So if you have interest in that, please see me afterwards or talk to Pastor Aaron. If you have something that has been useful in service for a trade or an item that's been uh, in the family and maybe it's just taken up space in the pole barn or something like this, we're starting with nothing we have a list of all the essentials that we need. we got a guy who will help take care of it once it gets there and make sure that it runs well. And um, I raised my hand about it being a great week because this past week we picked up a tractor, one of our churches, one of the churches that partners with you to keep us in Romania. One of the churches gave the funds for us to buy this tractor, and we picked it up this past week, and it's going on the container. So... Um, we're really excited about this project and the opportunity to see stuff that's been useful on this side, on this continent, to be useful on the other side of the ocean, on the continent where God has called us to serve. So those are just a few of the uh, things that are happening, the projects, the ways that you can be in prayer for us and for the ministry. I'm going to wrap up with some prayer needs some specific ways that you can continue to partner and see your efforts realized by God's grace and his power in Romania. First of all, please be in prayer for Romanian churches. If you think that this time of worldwide pandemic has been challenging for you personally or for your church, uh, Romanian churches... I could say probably have it a little bit more difficult than what we are facing here in America. Healthcare is very good in Romania, but it's maybe not what we would experience here, and that's hard on people. And government restrictions necessary as they are, I would say the strictest that you might find here in America is probably going to be exceeded by what you would find in Romania. And so it's really hard in churches. Please be in prayer for your brothers and sisters in Christ who are struggling through this time. Pray for the packed Romania ministry, for the permits that we need, for the equipment that we need. Please be in prayer for our family as we travel on furlough. Uh, we will be here until the middle of April. We, we got here last July. 
And so we got a, several churches to visit, and we're thankful for uh, each opportunity, but it's kind of challenging, especially with restrictions at, at times limiting where we can go and what we can do. Please be in prayer for our support need. We're under-supported. Uh, it's about, well, it's less than $900 a month right now. Um, but we do need financial support in order to go back to Romania. So pray that God would help to meet that need. And then for spiritual renewal. It was a tough time for us in Romania with the pandemic and also with some uh, personal struggles that our, our team went through and had an impact on our family. So we need this time in the States to be a time of renewal. And that is what the majority of the month of February is dedicated towards for our family. So please be in prayer for us over the month of February and also for our family. It's going to be different when we go back to Romania and Rose and Grace are here. Um, and it's just the three of us flying over. So pray for us that we can enjoy the family times that we do have now. And pray for us as we... Um, make the most of every moment that God has given us. So thank you, West Hill family, for your faithfulness to God and your generosity and the way that has impacted our family. You're such a blessing to us, and it's our uh, privilege to share with you today the work that you are a part of and the work that God has called us together to do in Romania.